Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Doom Productions podcast, the podcast hosted by Doom Productions. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jordan. And we have a question that needs to be answered. And this is yeah. something <laughs> that, frankly, some people might agree on and some might disagree on. But we just have to know, is Hollywood dead? Well, I think, what does that question mean? Because we've heard that question asked a bunch of times. Yeah. I think everybody has. But when people ask that question, what does it mean? So I think we should first, like, what does that mean to us? When we hear that, what does that question mean? I think of in two ways. I think of as a filmmaker and as a viewer. Yeah. As like an an audience member. Yeah. Um, But the question itself is, is Hollywood dead? As a viewer, that means to me that question asks, is Hollywood no longer producing quality content? Yeah. As a filmmaker, it means is it now no longer a viable route mm-hmm. to become a filmmaker? Yeah. Is it like a dead end? Mm-hmm. I guess that's, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but is that kind of where your head is at too that's that exactly yeah okay because i definitely think that um i mean there's probably also a business sense of like monetarily Mm -hmm. how is hollywood doing which i'm not a business person i couldn't tell you i couldn't i know i i i what i know is like twitter headlines and skimming articles from vanity fair and all that kind of thing yeah. So I couldn't tell you for sure. I guess we're, we're, well, before we were filmmakers, we were audiences first and foremost. So do we, do we think that Hollywood has stopped producing quality content? Yeah. Uh, you go first. <laughs> uh, short answer, no. Uh huh. Why? Long answer, no end. <laughs> no end. <laughs> um, why? I mean, Let's to put one thing clear. This is not me saying every Hollywood movie is also like a ballpark hit. Mm-hmm. There is so much, there's so much uh, range in the quality that uh, any movie can. Well, come also to be. too, before I just to interrupt you, mm-hmm. quality is not measurable when it comes no. to movies. Exactly. It's all subjective. So this exactly. is from our point of view. Yeah, no, that, and that's exactly where I was heading with yeah. it. Is the just the fact that even the movies that I enjoy and I think are quality, you might think are the worst pieces of filth to ever grace the face of the earth. Yeah. And we're both right. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, like it's it's all subjective. So mm-hmm. with that lens, it's just a matter of like, Hollywood is always making movies that are good and they're always making movies that are bad. And that's how it's been since the very beginning. Yeah. Nothing has changed in the sense like you people will talk about this. I feel like also goes with music a lot where people will talk about, oh, so this thing, particularly like I'm just using music as an example. Music was so much better back then. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of those like hits or the music that people will point to or the albums that they'll point to as great albums. A lot of that just comes to the fact that so much time has passed between when that album has was produced and now all of the kind of bad music or things that didn't become popular or didn't take off kind of fell away into the void Mm -hmm. where no one remembers it we only remember we remember the great stuff that came out from that era we only remember star wars we don't remember the movie that came out the same month yeah as star wars like i'm because i'm sure there was a movie that came out that same month yeah and that's just how it goes the 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 cream of the crop rises like Mm -hmm. the the best stuff becomes the most memorable like Mm -hmm. but yeah like you said like who everyone remembers like you know going way back you know there's like guys like buster keaton who are the other filmmakers working around buster keaton that he considered his colleagues that just weren't as successful that didn't make those big movies yeah i'm sure historians and people who care about documenting that stuff know them but to general audiences there's Buster Keaton and that's like the silent era in a nutshell or Charlie Chaplin, like those two guys and anything from there. It's just, there's nothing else that exists as far as general audiences are concerned. Yeah. I think with, when it comes to, I think, I think I agree with that. 
because I'll, I'll, I, to an extent, I will agree that there is a lot of films that I'm not particularly interested in, films that I don't really enjoy or wouldn't go see um, coming out of Hollywood today. Mm-hmm. But there's still amazing stuff being produced in Hollywood. I mean, let's let's be real here. I th- studios like A24 or um, Netflix or or any like any other what industry folks consider to be outside, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, that's still a part of the industry. Oh yeah. I guess I guess for. I guess when we say Hollywood, we don't mean necessarily L.A. exclusive. Mm-hmm. I think we mean as a whole the film industry of America for yeah, the most the part. the Western film industry. But A24, I think they're in New York, so. Yeah. Well, Western Oh, world. oh yes. I thought you not, meant. Okay. Not West Coast. Yes. Western yes, yes. world. Yes. Um, so Continental the, United States. Yes. Um, so looking at like. Places like A24, um, studios like that, which those movies, I think, on average, are pretty well, critically, they're pretty well received. Yeah. Like, I think when you talk to film people, they're like, oh, yeah, that's what a good movie is. Mm -hmm. Like, they're making movies that are being nominated for Oscars and going to the Cannes Film Festival. Overall, critics generally really enjoy A24 movies. Um, And those are still... That's still a part of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it uses Hollywood actors. Hollywood people are working on the movie. They might not be A-list directors, but you know they're being funded by the industry and and through the industry and through all those mm-hmm. connections. It's all a part of the same ecosystem. Um, that studio filmmaking. Yeah. And I guess Netflix. Netflix. And when I say Netflix, I mean like also like other streaming services too, like Amazon. They produce their own stuff as well. And both Netflix and and uh, Amazon and what are the other streaming services? Um, Hulu, HBO, HBO. They've all produced their own TV shows and movies that have received you know critical acclaim in one way or another. Um, again, that's not what I'm not saying that every Hollywood studio or system or every every hollywood studio has created something amazing um but i think i mean there's still like if i go to my letterbox for example just for me my personal taste if i go to the movies that i watched last year mm-hmm. i watched a not as many as i usually watch to be honest but i did watch a good mixture of of Hollywood movies and like actually independent movies. Let's see. I saw, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Sorry, I'm, I'm just counting. <laughs> 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. 24 25 i saw about 25 new released movies which were hollywood produced Mm -hmm. by hollywood i could probably say without having to recount and go do everything in i could honestly tell you i enjoyed most of those i probably enjoyed like really loved like at least like 17 or 18 of those movies Mm -hmm. for me um you know there's some people we were talking with a friend about this recently his buddy only watches romantic comedies and what was the other thing i don't remember she she his um oh uh, wait who was it we were talking to our friend our friend's wife only watches romantic comedies or hallmark movies yeah that was it yeah and we were kind of saying well there's there's nothing wrong with either of those movies it would be a shame to limit yourself to just that mm-hmm. and only watch that and i think for for us which might be a little bit different from other people when we go to a hollywood movie we expect to see a hollywood movie um that's not to say we don't enjoy independent movies or smaller little movies but we enjoy all sorts of movies it's all a part of you know you know why we love movies we love big movies and and small movies it's a full 
meal yeah to enjoy all of it it's yeah. not limiting yourself to just dessert or yeah. just breakfast we want the whole thing yes and so where was i going with that oh yeah yeah so um when i saw you know with all the movies that i saw in the last year i think maybe this could be a reason why some people feel like hollywood is dead is they go into like a big blockbuster movie expecting something i don't know expecting like a Terrence Malick movie yeah or like a Darren Aronofsky movie or the thing that comes to my mind is when people probably rightfully so in some mm-hmm. regards but where they like just rip apart things like Transformers for mm-hmm. not having like deep storyline yeah but yeah. I'm always like man I just want to watch a truck blow up some like other yeah. trucks and like some planes and their aliens that's pretty cool yeah I feel like um expectations could certainly be a part of it where um we like I think we're, I don't know, pretty forgiving, probably more than most people, about like separating, or I guess checking our expectations at the door, or I guess managing our expectations might be a bit better word, because again, I didn't have a problem with most of the Hollywood movies that I saw, but at the same time, I knew what I was getting into when I signed up Mm -hmm. for it, like if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think it's more enjoyable to watch movies that way, where you do kind of leave your expectation i mean obviously you if you're especially if it's movies that you're anticipating it's hard to do that Mm -hmm. sometimes but i don't know i think movies became a lot more enjoyable when i started consciously like and now it's less conscious and it just kind of is the habit that i'm in but when i go to see a movie i take off like my expectations and i kind of just i say yes to what the director is leading me to even Mm -hmm. if it's a movie that in the end like i'm not over the moon about or if it's like oh i would have done something different i think a movie it's so much more enjoyable to watch the the movie through the filmmaker's perspective or what they were trying to do Mm -hmm. and not what i wish the movie was doing i think that's where it that's when movies stop becoming enjoyable when i start trying to impose what i want on it yeah um i think that yeah movie make movie watching for me got so much better after that change that i made that was years ago but yeah it's just been up since then with films as a viewer um i mean someone asked if someone asked me is hollywood dead i mean Mm -hmm. we'd say no if they say why i mean i guess you could listen to our last podcast episode where we talked about our favorite movies of last year but like you know green knight like that's a fantastic movie still made by hollywood still made by the big studio system yeah i mean as soon as you put the the, if as soon as you look at the budget and it's in the millions to me mm-hmm. like that's that's pretty much hollywood that's and, hollywood <laughs> and i guess unless you know bill gates decided to fund his own quote unquote independent movie you know he you know wherever with a million dollars but i mean mm-hmm. that's beside the point yeah i mean i think there's some clear examples there's some great films that have been produced by hollywood in the last few years i mean um green knight i loved so much um first reformed paul strader um silence martin scorsese silence was fantastic silence was a great movie i mean justice league justice i mean that yeah. <laughs> goes without saying i had to bring it we up loved it, it um, move, move on um the um and filmmakers what's funny to me is film people who advocate that film is dead or that hollywood is dead mm-hmm. Um, they'll bring up directors like Tarantino and Nolan and Denis Villeneuve um, as if they're like, you know, not a part of Hollywood, but they totally are. Hollywood mm-hmm. gave us those directors. Um, you know, all the big film people that you can think of, like the movie brats from the 70s and the mm-hmm. and uh, and the newer newer people as well. They're all they all made careers and made their movies in Hollywood. Um, and more so, they created, they moved the industry forward, usually leaps and bounds. That those, those are all kind of trademark moments within Hollywood. It feels mm-hmm. like, yeah, those are big moments, not trademark moments. I can't think of the word I was thinking of there. Hallmark moments. Hallmark <laughs> moments. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, innovating and and innovating. creating more interesting work for for film for, for us to enjoy. Yeah. Um, but I think the I mean, we can go in circles about this, yeah. I feel like, by this point. But, no, I, I don't think... I We don't think film is dead because, again, it is a 
it's a situation where we're not looking for films to be one thing. Yet, do I wish that there were more, a different variety of movies being produced by Hollywood? Yes, but at the same time, um, a lot. I think I think a lot of those movies do exist to an extent in Hollywood. To an extent, mm-hmm. like there's not your there's just certain things Hollywood is not going to give you. They're not going to give you a lot of diversity. They're not going to give you crazy experimental, crazy experimental. But I mean, the studios do release quite a bit of of movies every year. Yeah, like big releases. There's stuff that falls under the radar. Like I just heard of this little smaller one called The Novice, and you know I saw the preview and looked like that looked really good. I, I mm-hmm. need to check that out. I don't know how I didn't see that. And I think it's a smaller movie, but it's still like made by a studio, I believe. Okay. So. It's something, um, you know, just to to say that, I mean, I feel like I'm rambling, but I guess I'll close my point by saying, um, <laughs> when you say that Hollywood, when I hear people say that Hollywood's dead, or that they only make one type of movie, I mean, those are the big movies that you're talking about. You're talking about Spider-Man, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, um, Transformers, Transformers, <laughs> that's, that's an old series. When was the last time a Transformers movie was made, though? Bumblebee. <laughs> that was like 2017, <laughs> wasn't it? Or 2018, 2019? I, I never saw it. <laughs> it was good, but um, I know it was a while. But like, you know what I mean? When people say Hollywood movies, I think they think blockbusters. But Dune. There, there also exists there a realm is. of dramas and comedies and all sorts of other movies that, yes, they not as much money is being poured into them. Doesn't mean that they don't exist. Doesn't mean that that those blockbusters can't be great blockbusters. Um, so as as a viewer, Hollywood, they haven't, you know, yeah. I know what to expect from Hollywood. Yeah, and I don't think it's creatively or entertainment wise. I don't think it's devoid of value yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, one day that day might come, but as long as there's you know, movies like I don't know Encanto or. Um, dune or in the heights all like again just listing some of my favorites from last year um as long as those movies are still being made i mean there's just certain things you can't do on a small scale yeah because i that's another reason why i'm not really rooting for hollywood to die necessarily in terms of the um the kinds of movies that are being made to an again to an extent there's Mm -hmm. so much nuance in all this but i mean I love musicals. I'd love to make a musical, but I could never make In the Heights. Yeah. I just don't have the resources. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. Uh, that, that thing costed a couple million dollars, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If I had to guess, this is without me checking, I would guess 90 to 115 million. Or Let's are you fact checking? play a game of how much did that movie cost? Oh, no, no, no. It could also have been really cheap shit. Hold, 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 hold on. Let me think. Um, I'll give you time. Um,. Because there was no huge stars in it, you know what? I'm gonna say seventy million. 70, seventy million. Is that your final answer? Yeah. It was fifty-five million. Oh no! Okay. How much do you think it made in the box office? Oh, it made tons. I'm guessing. Well, no, because it was COVID too. It did really well, though. I think. Um, I'm gonna guess it made. 150 million 43.9 million box office 43 oh it underperformed it underperformed dang i see my frame of reference for all of this is pre-covid numbers yeah of like ma- imagining like it there's also when it comes to box office these days what people don't talk about is the streaming deals as well yeah because um something like not to keep bringing up justice league <laughs> i'm sure it's annoying <laughs> to people but people say so if you didn't know, Justice League, when they decided to go back and release the Snyder Cut, it cost, they gave, they spent $70 million on that production. Yeah. They thought, oh, how, why would they do that? They're not going to make their money back. It needs to, HBO Max needs to get this many subscribers. They, people who were saying that were missing the point because the point, the way that Justice League made money was through foreign distribution deals yeah so let's say sky movies in the uk wants to show justice league well they would pay warner brothers or hbo max x amount of dollars to be able to stream that movie Mm -hmm. in the united kingdom 
And through making those deals, essentially all worldwide, from what I hear, Snyder and his people worked their butts off to get that movie released all over the world at the same time. Through making all those deals, the movie made its money back. Mm-hmm. The $70 million, Matt. It made all the, that, that money. Now, I don't know the In the Heights situation, but the box office, people going to the theater during pandemic and all that, 49 what was it 49 it was 49 uh, 40 yeah 47.9 it it underperformed box office but for all we what we don't know is it could have made a bunch of money back through those um worldwide distribution deals yeah of course i'm not a business person i'm not a film person this information i'm saying could be totally out of date so if there's any fact checkers who would like to like Mm -hmm. correct or like look into how it's done please let me know because i'd actually be fascinated to hear but from what i understand that's how it works. Yeah. I can't remember how we got onto that topic. We're talking about money. Oh, budgets, budgets. Budgets. Yes. There's certain movies that Hollywood can make that we can never make. Yeah. And that money is used for some crazy innovations still. I mean, I, I'm excited to see where things like shows like The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where they have technology like the volume. Yeah. They're on set. where We're past green screening now. Yeah. And it's just the space is there. How great that is for... Mm-hmm for directors and actors and just the whole crew to actually know what they're shooting and to have your look in camera. I think that's super exciting technology and I'm super stoked to see where that goes in the next couple of years. But also just, I don't know, I think there's a jadedness towards big budget from smaller producers or filmmakers, which sometimes I think is totally valid. But also at the same time, I think it's so great that there is this industry where boatloads of people who want to be a part of these productions mm-hmm. have a place to make their living doing that where they're not having to go from necessarily freelance job to freelance job but instead their work i mean and obviously production to, to production oh, when when am i going to get my next gig on a production <laughs> I, know, I know it's not quite as elegant as i'm making it in reality <laughs> from all the production stuff i've done just kidding but um there's still like this big industry that is paying people yeah wages where you're not like oh, I, I'll do that video job for 50 bucks, like yeah. how we've done in the past, mm-hmm. where it's like you're scrounging by, it's not livable. I think that's still such a great thing that we're in. Like, there is this industry that people can get into if they want that option. Yeah. Um, it's also, um, I mean, it's not without its problems, not, of course. And I, I, I say that, <laughs> acknowledging that, that yeah. it's not without its problems, and there's definitely, it's definitely not a perfect system. Yeah. I think the main thing, um, I mean, the biggest problem with Hollywood, it seems to be from people who are experts. Mm-hmm. No, no, we're not. Um, but from outsiders, yeah, the biggest problem seems to be in terms of audience members, like the, the kinds of movies that are being made, is they're making, they're spending tons of money into um, like big blockbuster movies, mm-hmm. way more than they ever did. And yeah, there's no the, mid mid budget, low budget. Yeah, because back in the day, people studios would release like four or five movies a year or so, roughly. Mm-hmm. They do a comedy, they do a drama, they do an adventure, they do an action, they do a couple different kinds and of an movies. Oscar award, <laughs> an Oscar winner, <laughs> and those would be their movies for the year. Yeah. Nowadays, what they do is they'll release one two hundred and fifty million dollar movie, and that's for the most part, it. And then they will disperse maybe a couple million dollars for smaller productions. And so that middle ground movie has disappeared. And so what that means is there's a lot right. It's because they're spending so much money on these big productions, there's a lot writing on those mm-hmm. productions. So they, they have to succeed. Yeah. Because when one of them fails, then it'll really fail. Then they're out a lot of money. And it's interesting to see how COVID... And the situation is kind of maybe not accelerated, but kind of changed the trajectory mm-hmm. or uh, affected that situation because we were kind of already moving towards that. I don't know. The, I'm sure there's a financial term for it, but we were moving towards that point. I'm sure. Yeah. Where one of these or a couple of these, you know, $250 million movies was going to fail. And. I think once COVID hit, people were very, studios were very scared of it. That's why they kept pushing it back because Mm -hmm. who wants to go see a movie during the pandemic and all that? Um, 
I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah. So they're spending all this money on, like, superhero movies and stuff like that. Someone who likes superhero movies, I don't, again, I don't see a problem. But, like, if you're not into that, yeah, I can see how it looks like there's only one type of movie. Because could you tell me, for instance, mm-hmm. what is a what was a movie last year? Like, a big studio movie. Like, from Warner Brothers or MGM or Paramount or whatever that okay. wasn't a superhero movie that wasn't like a sequel or a remake that was a, an original IP big movie that came out last year could you tell me off the top of your head the closest to i can well from a big stu- from a major studio i'm not talking 824 i'm not talking annapurna or last night in soho who produced that? I don't know. You might be right, actually. You might be right. Let's see. This is Last Night in Soho. Final answer. Technically, it is a British movie. I know, but but it was... I feel like... I don't know. Distributed by Focus Features. Okay. Um, In the United States. Production company. Yeah, these are all British. British. Dang it. Uh, but I guess, you know, uh, if, we, if we're going to be... The best I could guess. If we're going to be generous and extend it to the... Uh, I guess western as you say yeah yeah i guess english-speaking film industry last night in soho um would be definitely contender yeah that's the best i could think of off the top of my head and again i think that's also a big reason why when for me personally when a movie like green knight i mean i guess that wasn't a small again i couldn't tell you a, a good example of like a a mid-tier movie an original ip yeah mid-tier movie like when one of those movies comes out i am more compelled to see it because it's like if i like it and it's good and enough people see it maybe it'll get a um sequel maybe i'll make just more movies like that it'll send a message yes Mm -hmm. um you know kind of that vote with your wallet or show like you know kind of loan your give your support that way Mm -hmm. for me personally not everyone feels the same way i'm sure but uh, when when something when Hollywood does something that I agree with, I want to, I'll pay to see it, because mm-hmm. again, thousands of people worked on those movies, um, and if enough people like me are are moved by something, and enough people pay for it, and you know sends that message, then it'd be then Hollywood hopefully, they ha- aren't always the smartest people, hopefully they'll get the idea of oh we we did something right here let's do it again, I mean that's with tarantino and edgar wright and chris nolan and denis villeneuve they've kind of made names for themselves as directors where it's like we took a chance on you as a filmmaker people like you you make your money back so we're going to give you another Mm -hmm. job we'll let we'll give you another movie because you're reliable as a filmmaker people like you and we'll support you i mean that's how all those guys got fan bases and all that now they're kind i guess you could make the argument that they're all ips now of their own yeah because, I mean, yeah, they're pretty much like, everyone knows what the, their movies kind of looked like and what to expect there. But, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess switching gears to, I guess, we, we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but like the, the filmmaking aspect of it all. As filmmakers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, uh, let's wrap up our first thing, I guess. Yeah. First point is as it, audience as an audience is it dead? No. Yeah. In our opinion. In our I opinion, guess. it's not dead. It's not without its problems, but it's not yeah. dead because again, I mean, so, some of my favorite movies last year were big Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as filmmakers though, is Hollywood dead? And I guess should we clarify what kind of filmmakers? Maybe. Yeah. I think that might be good. Like the auteur, quote unquote. Like yeah, where we do everything for our movies. Like I'm trying to think of someone like George Lucas or Coppola or any of like the movie brats from the 70s, mm-hmm. or even someone like Chris Nolan, or like you know. Of course, I mean I'm I'm. You're hearing a lot of these same names. That's not because I only think these people exist, but I'm thinking of like the biggest, the ones that everyone can recognize. Yes, everyone, everyone, pretty much household names, big filmmakers that you think of when you think Hollywood movie. Yeah. Um. 
is there room, I guess, as a filmmaker, like let's say someone wants to be the next Steven Spielberg or, or what have you, is that going to happen again, like in Hollywood? Is that something? Oh, well, I see what you mean. Yeah. Do you think? Because I don't know. We're outsiders. <laughs> yeah. We don't have enough information. I don't know. I have no clue. Because it is like, I don't know. Where where I see the potential of something like that maybe happening. Mm-hmm. And I say this all as someone who doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we like to preface everything by saying that. So I'm I, welcome yeah. to be wrong. And that's fine. I'm happy to be wrong on this. But... We'd, we'd rather be open to learning than just proclaimed ourselves as ignorant. And Yes. Take everything we say with a, I might be the yeah, dumbest we person might be, on earth. We might be really stupid. Just please correct us rather than just confidently yeah. wrong. Because... I look at someone like Joel Haver, mm-hmm. dropping the name, saying it, I'm saying it, but where he has no, undoubtedly garnered attention from people who are within this industry, mm-hmm. where Joel is doing something so different. Well, he's, he is the person right now that is, has the biggest audience that's doing this thing that's so different, where he's making his own stuff mm-hmm. by himself or with a limited crew, small budget. I feel like if you're an industry and you see enough of this happening, Mm -hmm. that you keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like that's something that's going to make you money or isn't worth investing into, and Mm -hmm. and those people are receptive. I'm not saying that Joel's about to sell it to Hollywood and all this, by the way. That's that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying... Well, he's said on multiple times he's not going to do that. Exactly. But I'm looking at this as a business person or I'm looking at this as if I was a business. Like if you're seeing this audience drawn to this person, the stuff they do, if there are other people doing that same thing, you want to capitalize on it. So this is basically me saying Hollywood, if you want to buy out doom productions, (laughs) (laughs) but that's what I'm saying. Tens of viewers or or 15 (laughs) viewers at home. But you see where I'm going with that, where it's basically, I feel like that is the closest I could pin to something like that happening where they're bringing in these different generation new Mm -hmm. breed of talent or people or types of filmmakers i'm trying to say this all as little arrogance attached to it as possible since we're a part of this in some small way shape or form so i'm not trying to sound like i think that we should be bought out by hollywood or something but i'm just saying there is this different flavor that i feel like echoes some of that rebel 70s these new filmmakers coming into Mm -hmm. the scene and kind of shaking things up where the internet is this next kind of wild, wild west, mm-hmm. where now streaming is this option, instant movies, and, and we free didn't e- movies we are... didn't even talk about streaming as an entertainment, as like no, an audience no, member, we, but that's yeah. a whole other subject yeah. and all that. So all that to say that very messy explanation with a lot of asterisks and question marks and disclaimers, like that's the closest I can see from where I'm seated. So looking at in, the situation in terms of someone making it big like becoming a big director oh. like a viable route like an auteur like yeah. someone like that's like what comes to your mind that's what comes to my mind i mean obviously like people who work who are like have family in the industry mm-hmm. like i bet like yeah you could be well, some kid brought jj abrams is yeah. his family was in the industry yeah, now exactly. he's a huge director so there's also that um I guess I was thinking more of an outsider looking yes, in, not yes. as someone who's kind of already got well, a foot in that well, that's, pool. That's an important thing because I think no one starts... Well, okay, people do start out in Hollywood. But yeah. most people who want to be directors, I don't think they start out with their foot in the door in Hollywood from birth. Mm-hmm. I think most of them come from places like Portland, like where we are, uh-huh. Chicago, Florida. where They come from all over and they're like, I have no connections. I'm in a completely other state. I want to, let's say you want to be in Hollywood. Yeah. How do I do that? I think the two options, there's two options that film school teaches you for the most part. One is move to LA, work your way up the whole ladder, you know, become a grip, then move up, become a gaffer, become a cinematographer, you know, move your way up that chain of command. That's one way they tell you to do it. Another way they tell you to do it is to make a film, submit it to as many festivals as you can, 
get it seen by the right people, get funding for a movie, and so on and so forth. Yeah. To me, as a filmmaker, that doesn't seem reliable at all. No. And maybe it's because I don't, I lack the experience. Maybe it's because I don't, you know, maybe I'm a pessimist in that regard. But that to and me... We, but we've done some of that too. We, we have done that. We've done we've the done whole festival thing. We've done the festival thing. thing quite a bit. We've gotten, we've gotten some awards from yeah. festivals. We've played, you know, we've had that whole thing of submitting and, and all that. Um, to me, when I look at both of those roads, it's... I don't see the kind of satisfaction and enjoyment that I do as opposed to making your own stuff and kind of trying to create a new system, which is what we see a lot in the the um, YouTube filmmakers, yeah. the online filmmakers. I think when we look at, you know, either working your way up the totem pole or working your way, making a film and then getting it seen in the festival circuit, to me, that looks like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of, like struggle for the chance to maybe pitch your movie to yeah. someone or, or that's not ch- even get it made that's just pitch or the chance to like direct someone else's movie yeah. um what i see there is a lack of certainty and it's also difficult which which i guess to, is how all dreams yeah. are to an extent uh, and there's also just the fact that within that system with submitting a movie to a film festival hoping that it gets discovered or mm-hmm. the right person sees it if that doesn't happen that makes the movie no matter how much you like it a failure yeah. you have to try something else now yeah and you have to start from ground zero all over yeah and that's just oh no i the the the, the thing about this internet filmmaking that's great is the movie just goes online yeah that's its home that's where it's intended to be and it's a success just that it got made. Yeah. And I think that that if my movie, if my success and potential dreams rode on the fact that the movies I spend all my time on have to get seen by the right person and take off in a certain way, that puts a lot of pressure on it. And if I don't get that at a certain point, I feel like you're destined to have to quit eventually. I think I found, out. I think I a way to kind of... yeah ignore what you've said Yo, not because no. you didn't weren't saying but kind of answer the question is hollywood yes. dead as a filmmaker i think if you want to be a filmmaker meaning you are a writer and or director you want to be in charge of the movie you want to be the leader the the tastemaker the person who this movie comes from this movie could not exist without you if you want to be that person i don't think hollywood i think hollywood is dead yeah but i think if you want to be working on a movie oh but there are so many opportunities for jobs i think yeah um it's a big industry it's, it's a huge it's a ginormous industry and it's always growing you've got i mean now i mean again we talk about streaming these streaming platforms are now making their own they're yeah. not outsourcing to hollywood they're doing things in-house yeah. the industry is constantly growing if you just want to be on a movie set or be in a studio like during pre-production or post-production there are ample opportunities for you to do that. Yeah. And, but I don't think, I think if you, I think most filmmakers who want to be um, directors, I don't think that's necessarily a viable option. I mean, it is viable. Of course, everything, yeah. you know, there are young directors who are making stuff and who are kind of doing the whole Hollywood game. But to me, I see a lot of time and energy I would imagine you there's a lot of time and energy spent on working on other people's stuff and not enough time working on your own because if you're working wonky hours like 18 hour days for like two weeks straight and then you're not working at all for like a month or you know you have these weird wonky hours and you're working a whole ton and you're struggling to find your your next gig and you're probably working a coffee job if you're doing all that when are you going to have time to work on your own movies now don't get me wrong uh, if you love it enough and if you care enough about your kind of craft and your own thing, I bet you'll you'll find the time and make the time. But I think a lot of people will get really burnt out. And something I've talked about before, mm-hmm. I can't remember when, is I've said um, when you as a no-budget filmmaker 
are working another job, don't give that job all of your energy. Yeah. I've said kind of like, for me, for instance, I go to work seven hours a day. I don't give that job 100% of my energy. I give it maybe like 50% of my energy. But that's not to say I don't do a bad job. I love my job. Yeah. I like what I do. I do give it a lot of energy. But in terms of like my emotional energy, um, I reserve some of that fuel in my tank for when I get home so I can work on my stuff. Mm -hmm. And the hours at which you are required to work in Hollywood, the weird kind of labor laws that they, that they you know, yeah. labor stuff going on down there. I don't see how I personally would have the energy to be able to go work on someone else's set and then come home and work on my own thing. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I would fall into a trap of just, now I'm just a cog in the wheel. Now I'm, now I'm just working for someone else and I'm not really doing my own thing. I'm working my way up to maybe get a chance to do it, but I'm not actually honing my craft. Because then what happens if you got that chance, if you did work your way up the totem pole and you become a director and you've never directed something before, mm -hmm. Like maybe back in college or high school you did, but you and it's like you don't have that hands-on knowledge of making a feature film from a creative like narrative standpoint. I mean, there's so much we we know this from experience. We, yeah. There's there's so much you learn about making your first feature film that nothing can prepare you for it. Same thing with your second feature film and third and fourth and fifth and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I can't imagine jumping into that huge, your first thing being a huge Hollywood gig or whatever. Um, you need to fail to learn in filmmaking. And when, when you're working at that level, you cannot fail. Yeah. At, at the gun is pointed at your head. I have seen examples of this kind of where um, music video directors will turn into feature film directors. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, I've seen a lot of them, that feature film doesn't do well. And then they don't direct another feature film. Interesting. Which is kind of a, a shame. It's a bummer. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, there's just... I think we've said this before, making a movie is a creative risk. Don't make it a financial one. Yeah. And so, and obviously you have to fail to learn. And when you want to get better at filmmaking, um, you got to do your own thing. You can't, you can't just always be, now it's great from a technical level to be on other people's set and all that. And there is value in that, I think, but it's, it's complicated. And I think as a film, if you want to be a filmmaker, you shouldn't be, worrying about how do I get a job in Hollywood? You should be worried about what's my next movie going to be and just yeah. make your movie, I think, first and foremost. Um, I don't know how we got on all that. I can't remember the trajectory of any of this. Is Hollywood dead? Is Hollywood dead? <laughs> in short, I mean, if you want to be kind of an auteur, if you subscribe to that idea, auteur director, um... I would say it would be more beneficial to focus on just making movies yourself. Yeah. And getting your name out there and getting seen by people online. Because what's great about the democratization of, of media and all that is our films are on the same platform as giant Hollywood studios. Mm -hmm. Like... Um, What's a big movie came out? Encanto. Like, that movie, I bet you can rent it on YouTube Premium. Yep. For like 10 bucks or something. On that same platform. You can watch our movies for free. You can watch our movies for free. It's amazing. <laughs> and, I mean, in that same thing, if you have access to a computer or internet, you can go online. If you go online, you can watch the newest, you know, HBO. You can watch White Lotus or mm -hmm. Succession or you can watch... Um, Matrix Resurrection or whatever the newest Matrix was can't remember it starts with an R <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Resurrection Resurrections but you can also see like one of our movies too you can see Wild Boys 2 <laughs> you can see Wild Boys 2 so in terms of accessibility like you can touch all the same people that Hollywood touched you can get yeah. all your movie out there <laughs> that sounded wrong <laughs> sorry <laughs> I mean, you can get eye, the same eyes that can see Hollywood stuff can see yours, assuming everyone has a computer. Yes. Touch. I don't know why I said touch. I guess emotional touch. Do you, have you seen School of Rock? <laughs> don't get emotional when you do it. <laughs> have you seen yes, I have seen School of Rock. I love that bit where he's like, he's 
they found him out and all yeah. the parents are there and the police oh, are going to like arrest him. And he's right. like, listen, listen, I love your kids. I've, uh, I've I, I, they've touched me either. and I'm pretty sure I've touched them too. And then all the parents are like horrified. <laughs> he meant like emotional, like they've affected me. Not, not the other thing. Not what Hollywood actually is known for. Too. <laughs> I can confidently say that is the two of us. We've never um, done as done any like an ounce of like one percent what like point zero zero percent amount of horribleness that like the actual hollywood has done the worst things we've ever done for film is trespass that's true (laughs) and most of the time it's unintentional yeah we've accidentally trespassed um yeah it was fine yeah another problem with hollywood but that's for another yeah episode another conversation tara that's a heavy subject we're not we are acknowledging but not including that within this discussion yeah because that's just a whole can of worms yeah the amount of abuse that goes on in hollywood i mean that does pertain to people who want to be filmmakers like oh here it comes there it comes no. <laughs> i think you we don't have to you don't need us to tell you but hollywood has a horrible history with a horrible track record with abusing people without power yes and uh and they're not gonna. I mean, just be careful if that's the route you want to take. But I don't. I don't trust it. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's one of those things where, I don't. It's almost too big to clean up. Yeah. I don't I know mean, how you fix it. I don't know how you fix something that's that deep. I hope. I mean, I hope there's a way, and I yeah. hope that it happens. But that's yeah. just yeah. It's horrible. It's kind of I've heard that like phrase. There's no. There's no ethical consumption over under capitalism or whatever. And the, the I, I think, the, I don't know who mm-hmm. said it, but I think the intention behind it is that, like, yes, you can say, oh, Harvey Weinstein all the, did all this, so we're not going to watch any more, like, Kill Bill movies or, like, mm-hmm. we're not going to rewatch, you know, Miramax movies or, like, um, I can't think of someone else who's popular, like, X, this celebrity did this, so I'm yeah. not going to see... Oh, like a- Angela Gort. Like, he mm-hmm. did the, the thing with the ki- the teenage girls or whatever, so yes. I'm not going to see West Side Story. That's great, and, like, if that's how you feel, go for it. Um, and all that. Not saying that you shouldn't or anything, but, like, that's an example. But um, that you're also... If, you, if, you, if that's where you draw the line of, like, a big-name celebrity... There's also like little smaller ways that these big companies are like abusing people that we just haven't heard about. Yeah. Um, all the way down to like um, oh, violating like labor laws and making people work super late um, with the way they're treat people are treated on set. Yeah. Because we've all heard about like the abuse that people that celebrities receive on sets. Yeah. From and other celebrities. The- but imagine how the grips and the pas were treated on those sets like that's even like yeah that's even more wild um and like i'm sure all these big companies they probably i don't know to an extent they probably fund like sweatshop (laughs) workers like some in some country they're so big you know like it's hard to i don't know it's hard to be ethical and in in what was it capitalism is what they, they yeah. said or the phrase yeah. which i don't know that's a whole conversation i'm not taking a stance one way or another i'm not condoning or condemning or whatever but we're just observing i yes i'm i'm it's that's a discussion that i'm again uh, we are not we, we <laughs> we're not hit, philosophers we we're not business in, people we we're, sit down on a couch we hit record yeah we want to be first and foremost on that please you're getting the authentic doomed ramble here I think what um, I, not to try to brag or whatever, not even brag, but like you will, I don't think you'll find us super confident in what we say, but not in a bad way, but like we're always, we want to learn. Yeah. We're always looking to learn and learning means failing. And so that means when we hear something and we share it, we might make mistakes. We might misquote the wrong thing. Um, but we're a always... lot of what we say is paraphrasing. Yeah, pretty much all what we say is paraphrasing. So, like, <laughs> if if we will always be our authentic selves, and we're always going to be honest, like when a mistake is made, or like when we said something that 
I don't know, wasn't true or whatever, that we were like, we're always open. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hitting the good disclaimers on this one. That's I know. I know. Um, I guess you're, you're, we are not on this channel so much to um, entertain and to provide <laughs> information. You're, we're, it's we're, a diary. It's our yeah. diary. You are, you are with us as we're trying to yeah. make it as filmmakers. Yeah. Or I guess what, even what making it means, that's a whole nother conversation. But um, <laughs> you, you, yeah. this is our personal diary where we share our insight and our movies with people. And our experience. We're not, yeah. we're not out here saying like, we know all the tricks. This is how you do it. This is how the world is. We got a lot to learn. So, you know, take everything we say with a grain of salt. Except for all of our like five tips videos. Those are, those are. <laughs> that's the gospel. Hard and true. <laughs> yeah yeah um right on right on so hollywood we've said the set and what you're about to say we've said so many times this episode is it dead say it one more time yeah is, it, is dead? it dead i guess that's for you to decide oh oh snap yeah listener i was about to say viewer, viewer listener listener that's very true um it's it's all your opinion but this is this is just that's our like opinion your opinion man yeah. said by a hollywood person <laughs> <laughs> let's do you have anything more to add to the whole hollywood thing i mean i think we we've talked so much but there's also so much more ground to cover i think yeah that we could say but i guess if you had one last thought on that subject i i think we covered it well okay let's transition smoothly into an outro well not an outro i think oh. If they've we're if they done. if they've stuck with us this long, let's give them a little, little little taste. First, 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 two things. First thing, yes. What are we working on creatively? Oh, you made it this far. You get a little extra. What do we? What what's going on right now in okay. terms of what we're working on? Well, if y'all haven't heard, I'm working on this little movie called The Bell Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in post production on that right now. I'm editing. Um, it's going very well. Pretty much every night, if I'm editing past 11 o'clock, I have the deep urge to leak stills from the movie that reveal way too much. Uh huh. And then I talk myself off the ledge of posting them, and I don't. Uh, that I pretty much just live in that tension fully uh, every day. I, I can relate. I can relate. I'll just, because it's always a pain to like try and find shots. So what I've started doing is, because when we do promotion stuff, we'll usually share bits of the movie or posts like stills so mm-hmm. i'm trying to like as i edit scenes grab shots that stand out to me now yeah so that way i'm not having to hunt for them later it's a good call so i have a big fat folder on my computer right now of all these great bell rings still so nice I'm working on that um and then i'm also like starting research on my next feature film script nice so i'm just jumping into that this week are you at liberty to say now what that next thing is or are you playing it close to the chest this early um i'm playing it close to the chest this early okay okay um yeah that's all all right yeah what about you what are you working on mr well, ross as as people know i've been working on uh two little ghosts for a little bit it is 99.999 percent done yeah i think the way i just explained it to dan Dan Lots from 922 Films is, um, I've written my essay. I just need that last sentence mm-hmm. to, to, to finish to it. send it home. And it's that last sentence it re- relies on someone else. So um, there's, a, there's a song that appears in the end of the movie, which I just need to get together with our actress, who um, we got to record that song, record the vocals on it, and then I drop it into the movie, and then it's, then it's done. Um and so I'm trying to figure out a time to do that, trying to schedule that. Um, in that movie, it's about uh, an hour and six minutes long. It's a horror. I'm not a horror. It's a Halloween movie. Yeah. Um, Halloween fantasy, I guess, would be the best way to put it. I think you're the only one who's seen it. That's right, I am. Or like that, and that's and even that was an older, yeah, slightly I saw, older version. Yeah, I know what changes it mostly been made to it yeah but it's more or less the same movie yeah same idea um and what that one is about i mean i'll i'll again i'll i'll 
I like to play it close to the chest, but it is a fun that way. Halloween fantasy movie. It's really, really fun. Took a lot of work. I learned how to animate doing it, which is a lot of fun. Um, And so stay tuned for that. But also I just started this week. Well, actually not this week, last week, technically um, working on my next feature film. Nice. Which the tentative title is Rosa Luna, Witch of Halloween, which is, as you can tell from the, title it's a christmas movie <laughs> no it's a it's a halloween movie thanksgiving movie nice you're really cornering the market yeah um that one's gonna be a lot of fun it's about a witch and halloween i've been so what i've been doing for the past week is i've written several versions of the script you were on this one for a while technically yeah yeah i started it a long time ago um i don't know if 2020 or 2021 was the first was when I first read wrote the first draft. I feel like I remember you talking about it at one point during 2020, but I couldn't. It be might wrong. have been, yeah, it might have been earlier. Um, so that's a movie where um, I've been working. I've there's several drafts that exist of the script, but I just finally started working on like the next version of the script. And so my goal is to by the end of January, maybe beginning of February, have the shooting script finished. Um, and and all ready to go so that way we can start planning the goal the the idea is to shoot it during the summer um fingers crossed it's released by this halloween we'll see um and yeah it's been fun it's about it's about a witch oh did i say what it was about i mean you just said which theme like halloween halloween oh yeah the way i and so with this new version of the script that's all i got on this new version mm-hmm. of the script i've kind of been classifying it in my head it's like a kid's halloween movie but it's not like disney channel kids like like it's Coraline, cool kids Coraline <laughs> or paranorman those are kids movies yeah something like that um paranorman mixed with harry potter would be like a good tone kind of to think of yeah it's gonna be fun There's gonna be some animation in it Ooh. gonna be some uh halloween decorations gonna be some Sounds like a classic Doom production. Some witches, perhaps. Witches, witch witches. <laughs> um, and so yeah, that's that's. I just yeah just started work, or I, I guess last week started working on the script a little bit, the final script, and uh, it'll be out in time for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's where that's where we're at. Yeah. yeah. Gearing I, up for the year. Gearing up. It's exciting. It's gonna be a fun year. And the other question, last, the actual last, last thing ah. to end on. Um, what have you been watching? It's one cool thing you saw in the last week. Okay, I saw two cool things in this last week. First, okay. I'll start with the the lesser one. Well, I, okay, so I won't rank them. Because <laughs> the <laughs> I like one. both of them. <laughs> it's like they're both great. So um, I watched... A lot of community this weekend yeah which i just started because i got my covid booster shot uh-huh. and it just absolutely wrecked me and so i just stayed in bed all day and watched community nice which was a good time you, and a little bit of seinfeld but mostly community that's been in your watch list for a long time yeah yeah it has i'm a big fan of 2000s <laughs> comedies like those and so it's been a long time coming it's so bizarre because i remember being in middle school and nbc had their Thursday night like comedy night yeah. thing where they would show like I think it was like modern f- no that was ABC it was community the office parks and rec I think parks it was those three shows yeah. there might have oh 30 rock I think uh, 30, 30 rock, rock was another one and I think community was always in that lineup so I was watching the office live but then I think community was just before or just after so I would happen to watch it mm-hmm. and through watching it live I was like oh my gosh this show is actually really good and this is funny yeah i like this i've been really into it back in the day when it was like you discovered a show on tv yeah <laughs> like <laughs> broadcast like people i know but no it's i i i prefer the streaming stuff so much more it's so much more reliable and convenient but but finding a cool show on tv when you're hunting for them that's a that's a rewarding feeling but also you like you saying you've just started watching it i'm like when did i just start watching it Oh my gosh, I watched that when it was coming out in like 2009 in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> Having a 
uh, uh, the time was messing with my brain there. Yeah. What was the other thing you watched? Void Man. Void Man. Need I say more? The the crazy yes, you do. Long, yeah. <laughs> the crazy long movie from Australia. Okay. Mohat. Um, our boy. Yeah. Who we actually haven't chatted with too much in person. It's only been through Twitter and stuff. But, yeah. But he's ours. Um, <laughs> no. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, this is so off topic. I've been really like, I want to go to Australia at some point, but I've always been like, man, the spiders. The spiders are going to kill me. My girlfriend lived in Australia for a year, and she would always tell me stories about like finding like huntsman spiders in the house and stuff, and it's been nah. a whole thing. But, nah. but in watching Void Man, which uh -huh. takes place in Australia, I'm like, oh, it doesn't look that bad there. Maybe I'm overthinking it in my head. You don't see the spiders in the film, so... Yeah, you see the gangsters be... killing each other in the street I'll and, like, sex gangster. trafficking. <laughs> sounds kind of... Sounds like a nice place over there in Australia. Um, yeah. No, but Void Man's been super cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. That, what about you? What have you been checking out? Um, oh, geez. In terms of... I've been... So, I recently just got the Smallville 20th anniversary... Wow, Smallville, such an old show when that come out in like 2004. <laughs> and the kills cuz I watched that one live too. <laughs> um I was that was my show back in the day and You know what? Okay, I'm going to tell you an embarrassing Smallville story of mine from when I was a kid. Oh no. So when Smallville was airing on the CW, uh -huh. I saw commercials for it all the time cuz I would watch like Kids WB, mm -hmm. which was on CW and Whenever I saw trailers for it, it was particularly when this, I think it was the first season. When that's where he's like on the, the boards and he has like the chest, like the S that's spray season, painted on. season it's, one. Yeah, season one. When that was coming out, all I saw that, like all I saw in the commercial was him with the S on his chest. And I was like, are they ripping off Superman? <laughs> I thought it was a knockoff show. Oh my gosh. Because he never wore the suit. So I was like, he's not Superman, but why does he have the S? <laughs> Oh my god. And gosh. I thought also that it wasn't spray painted. I thought it was like a scar. Oh, okay. Like it was implanted into him. So I was very confused when I watched Smallville the first time and it was not a scar on his chest. Ah, oh, I see. Very confused. Yeah. Very, very amazing show. Great show. I, um, I, for my money, I think it's like, when I think of like the definitive live action Superman in terms of encompassing every single nuance of clark and kal-el's character i think is smallville i yeah. think it does the best at like the character work in nine seasons you better cover a lot i know 10 seasons <laughs> 10 seasons or was it nine i don't no no yeah it was it was 10 seasons what does your thing say over there you have all the other dvds laid out. i think it's 10 it's 10 yeah yeah um Big yeah show. great character work and if you're a huge superman fan if you haven't seen it like check it out are you a sure. superman fan a little <laughs> he's all right it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, no, I that shows, you know, and it's funny because you when I go back and watch it, there's that thing of like, I like this as a Superman fan, but how do I like it as a filmmaker? And there's some like, there's some stuff in it that is a little dated in terms of like, film like TV like production wise. <laughs> Especially TV back then where the budgets were tiny. But also when you look at a lot of the stuff, it's like they. They pulled off some really impressive stuff on a TV yeah. budget. Yeah. Um, like all the explosions, all the stunts, all the all the technology for those visual effects. Yeah. I mean, the visual effects, some of them hold up, some of them don't. But like the one, it's still always impressive. Yeah. Like whenever like they do like bullet time. Yeah. On a TV budget, they do all these crazy effects. I mean, it's, I think it's, I mean, whether or not the quality, like you can believe the quality of it, you know, buy into the you know, how real it looks. It doesn't matter. It's always impressive what they were able to pull off. And there's some great, like, there are some great, like, from a technical standpoint, like, film, like, storytelling-wise and everything. Um, yeah. There's some great editing in that in that show and great, just, great filmmaking involved. Um, where I think, I think it's pretty easy to dismiss, like, a network television show from the 2000s as like, oh, it's just this, it's just that, but... Um, I think there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a great pilot episode. Yeah. The pilot episode's awesome. Man, I need to go... So at good. some point, I need to go back into Smallville. So it's good. It's been a couple of years. I just started season two. 2017 was the last time I watched Smallville. 
It's a long time. It's been a while. I've seen that show maybe like seven times through a whole bunch. And that's not counting like the episodes that I've seen like mm-hmm. just on their own a whole bunch and all that. But yeah, very, very good. I like it a lot. Aside from that, I saw a rewatched Metropolis. I've never seen Metropolis. It's very good. I like it. Very different than Smallville, but it's good. <laughs> um, and with that, that's probably that's, a good place to end it. That's our podcast for the week. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. It's been great having you along on this crazy journey. If you enjoyed it, check out our YouTube channel. You can check out our videos every Wednesday. You can check out our playlist of feature films. And also, we have a merch store. Yes, now. we do. We have, The link will be in the description of our YouTube video. Um, but you can go to our link tree, social media. You'll find our, our store. We got some cool shirts, hoodies. Um, posters. Posters. Great stuff on there that you can check out if you really want to support us and uh, and get some cool gear as well. Yeah. Represent the doomed squad, the yeah. doomed nation. There is a doomed crew shirt that there we is. are both wearing. Very comfortable. I love this shirt. I I love this fabric. It's good fabric. Very simple. And it makes it like, I mean, I know it's hard to collaborate with us when we're across the world, but, you know. If you wear this shirt you on are, set... You have to credit us. <laughs> no, no. It's it's a way of acknowledging that you're part of the doomed crew. Because yeah. I'm sure if you've if you follow us and watch us, and if you were in Portland, you'd wanna you'd be down to collab with us. But we know you can't. So take take the shirt, and you were an honorary member of our doomed crew. And also, maybe we can find a way to collab. Who knows? That's true. Email That's true. us or something. We'll, yeah. we, we might be able to make that work. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Until the, until the next episode, we'll see you later.